0: Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The DL. I'm your host, Tyler Robertson. I'm also the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. This is the podcast show where we talk about everything to do with diesel diagnostics, even automotive diagnostics, marine diagnostics. Uh, We're going to be talking about a lot of that kind of stuff today. And I'm embarrassed to say, it it has been, uh, you know, I think we're on like episode 75 or so-ish. And I've never actually got Kajali on here. They're one of our biggest suppliers, one of the biggest brands we represent in the diesel diagnostic world. So with that said, I have Bruno on today. And Bruno, I just want to say, welcome to the show. Finally, we finally got you on here.
1: Thanks for having us. And yeah, it's been, uh, we've tried. we we got to give you that. But it's it's been a hurdle, you know. Life has thrown curveballs at us, but we're finally here. So, you know, better late than never. And it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome, man. Well, it's really great to have you here. And what I'd like to do to just start it out with is people might not recognize the name Kajali. I hope they do if they're dealing with these laptops and listening to the podcast, but they might not. (laughs) They might not, right? So why don't we just give them give them an overview? You know, who is Kajali? Where are you guys from? How the company gets started? And and what the heck do you guys do over there at Kajali?
1: All right, so. Tyler was saying, my name's Bruno and I run the sales here in the Cajali USA, which is one of the branches, right? So Cajali is now a multinational company, but it started 30 years ago in a small town called Campo de Criptana. So, you know, the names are gonna get a little bit complex there. For better reference, that's uh, where the story of Don Quixote was with all the windmills in the in the center of Spain. Um, it was founded by four gentlemen, very forward thinking for the time. So it's a little bit like uh, all the posts that you see about Tyler or when we look at things and say, this has to be, there has to be a better way to do this, right? Well, initially we'll started with the refrigeration system. So fan clutches were a thing that were not being taken care of by the OEMs. So these gentlemen got together and they said, well, we think we could do this better. So they started doing remand fan clutches for all the big OEMs. As they started getting traction, they decided, well, why not build these? So we became an aftermarket parts, not only reman company, but an actual designer and fixer. That takes us up a few years, and then in the year 2000, in Europe, there's a thing called Right to Repair. In the US, we're still getting around it. I mean, it's been very helpful in the last 10 years, uh, the different memorandums. But in Europe, it's been there since 2000. Now, when we look at European trucks, everything's vertically integrated. So you're talking about Mercedes does the engine, transmission, brakes, absolutely everything. So you have one tool that diagnoses everything, but there's seven brands, right? So no shop was capable of taking care of everything. So around the year 2004, 2005, we start dabbling into diagnostics, mainly with the brake systems. And then that starts taking us to going into trucks, to going into agricultural, uh, off-highway machines. Uh, Now we're talking about marine, Mm -hmm. material handling equipment, and even going into the telematics feature. So everything that started on how to give the shop an opportunity to not have to go to the dealer, be self-sufficient, support their business, well, that was the base of where we started and, and right now where we're at today.
0: So I think people don't quite understand, I think a lot of them do, but it's been a relatively new thing for people to believe or understand that there is one piece of software with one physical adapter that can not only work on multi brand across like commercial trucks, but also works on off highway equipment and, and other applications can you just speak a little bit to how good, I mean, the bar is always set with OEM software, right? Like that, that's the best thing you can get. That's what the OEMs make. So the question always is, is how good is that software that Kajali has when you, when you stack it up to the, to the full functionality stuff that the dealers have? Can you speak a little bit in that regard?
1: So I, I take your question two ways, right? The first one is how can we understand that just one adapter works through all these industries, right? Um, we've had the biggest hurdles, um uh, making people understand that one, all inclusive tool actually works. Right. And that it's not necessary to go into specific dealers. And the whole thing is that we got to understand the, the electronics behind it, right? Diesel engines and the electronics that govern them are, pretty much the same across all industries. So Caterpillar used to do trucks, right? And that same engine would be on their off-highway machinery. Some of that would go into certain tractors. Maybe they paint the engine color, but the ECM is gonna be the same. And some of that goes on to their generators that go into the marine industry. So pretty much the same ECM governs the same type of engine with slight modifications. And that's why it's so easy for companies that are solid on the electronic development and doing this uh, reverse engineering and aftermarket diagnostics, to cross across uh, to go across these industries and integrate it onto one platform. Now, the power and the difference between OEM and aftermarket, there's always going to be a slight difference, right? So the way I put it is that we generate the same effect talking different languages, right? So people that are bilingual, you speak to them in two languages, but they understand the same thing. Well, that's how uh, the job that we do does. Well, not we do, our engineering team. We're 300 strong on the engineering side, and these guys are pretty much language specialists trying to understand how to figure these things out. Are we gonna do 100% of what the OEM does? Obviously not because they write their own things and there's things that are gonna be exclusive to them. Now, do you do in your shop or does an aftermarket shop do 100% of the things that the OEM does? Probably not. So what we're focused on is integrating to facilitate the fact that you don't have to learn up to what is it, 20, 15, 20 different softwares to run that. You don't have all those added costs and the ease of use of navigating from a transmission system to an engine system gives so much more advantages than that loss of coverage of 2%, 3%, depending on the manufacturer. And that's kind of the whole goal, giving you those tools and those resources to empower you to solve the problems, the easiest and fastest way possible.
0: Yeah. And I think when you look at like commercial truck, for example, the line in the sand we always tell people here at diesel laptops is look, if you're doing diagnostic commands and tests, uh, calibrating injectors, doing a force regen, resetting knock sensors, changing road speeds, those are those are those things are are there. They're they're in there. It's when you get into, hey, I want to flash my ECM and and i put a new ECM or update my calibration level on my ECM. And I think those are, you know, programming events. So there's a you know, true line we try to describe with our customers on, on what these tools do and what they, what they don't do. Uh, but at the end of the day, there is some programming events, injectors. Uh, you have to program serial numbers into things. So the tools are, are very, very good. We wouldn't be selling tens of thousands of these tools if they, were, <laughs> if they were junk and not doing these things. And I just know where I was six years ago when I started these laptops. I didn't even, I didn't believe there was aftermarket tool that could do multi-brand, true aftermarket diagnostics dang near to the oem level of of capability and sure enough that exists but i mean that product you guys have been working on like you said for about 20 years now it sounds like to get it to that level so it's not been a quick quick road it's just now people are seeing it and they automotive everyone knows hey there's great aftermarket tools i don't need oem software truck five five years ago it was like i need oem software i don't believe aftermarket exists i, I think now people are like man there's those are some really really solid options in the aftermarket world but then we also have the construction and ag world, so so that's a little bit different. I know you said there's the same engines. Where do you see the market? In that perception, people do people believe that there's an aftermarket tool that can work on John Deere, Komatsu, um, you know all these different brands, Caterpillar. Do, do people understand and believe it exists, or is it still like I don't believe you when you have those conversations with people?
1: So there's a lot of i don't believe you right there's a lot of um i would say that the difference is that the education has to has to grow right on on the trucking side uh, in one way or another diagnostics tools have been available for I don't know, you've been here around longer, but say 15 years, people have been able to buy some sort of diagnostic solution from the OEMs. Um, I, I think Cummins is probably lighter on the edge on that side and they facilitate it more. But on the Ag side or the off-highway side, um, our favorite brand, right, in the US, John Deere, they're not very friendly on sharing diagnostic tools. So they're not even very friendly on people repairing their own tractors. And, you know, that goes against our culture. It's my machine, let me fix it. So we we facilitate that. and. People have been going through so many struggles to fix it, that when you tell them, hey, this is your solution, this can do pretty much everything that the OEM, inclusively calibrate injectors on a John Deere, they are pretty much dumbfounded. So it's kind of, show me it can work. And I've had that conversation so many times. When I used to go into shops, I've been into, let's say, a thousand shops in the last four years. They're like, uh, you can't do this. And I'd go to them, all right, hold my beer. Yeah. Let me show you what we could do. And every time they would be impressed, and like, I can't believe you do this. There has to be something illegal. And there's nothing legal about about it yeah. it's just talking to it and getting the same things now when we look at the industry perspective obviously the biggest spectrum of growth is going to be in those industries in ag and off highway because when we look at the numbers let's say rounding the numbers about five six million trucks in the US there's probably about five six million tractors in the US and a little bit less but construction machines they're gonna be in that range as well now the difference is that the amount of tools that go in there, I'd say in truck, we're about 10, 12 competitors. And in ag, we're, I think we're leaps and bounds ahead of the competition. And in construction, you know, there's two, maybe three in there. So getting to know that these tools exist and training people saying you don't have to call the dealer and wait three days to get your machine back on the road. I think that's a big leap and, and it's going to be helpful for the industry.
0: Yeah. And I will totally agree with that whole, that whole sentiment in everything. Um... So the one thing I've noticed is when we, it's a race at diesel laptops for us in the construction and ag industry, because, because nobody knows it exists. So if we can get in front of a customer and say, this exists, they buy it. And we know eventually that market's going to understand that. And then also we have competition and those things. So we're, we're focused on that. So one of the things I want to talk about, and you won't be able to see it obviously on the audio, but if you're watching the, the YouTube version up on the camera here, I have their, I have their box. So this is a new version that you guys had. By the way, I love this much more than the old version, the trapezoid metal thing that you guys had. Everybody loves this one. So this is, I mean, this is really it. You have one box and yeah, you have different cable ends because in truck world, you have three or four different cable ends. In the off highway equipment world, you have 50 or 60, (laughs) whatever it is. It's a a crazy amount. Um, But you have one piece of hardware now. And when you have OEM software, especially in the off highway world, say you buy John Deere service advisor, you need to buy the John Deere EDL adapter. You buy the Caterpillar ET software need a cat adapter not the case when it comes to you guys um, but this adapter is this adapter's new can you talk a little bit about what's different with the v9 versus the the previous version that you guys had
1: well for those of you that haven't seen the previous version it weighed like three more times so i used to travel with that in my backpack and my back suffered a lot from that Um, It was very sturdy. I've had customers run over it with a truck and it would survive. So that was a good point on it. Um, But pretty much the brains is the same. We've done it uh, a lot lighter. As you can see, it's uh, a lot prettier and it has LED lights that shine up. So we've brought it into the 21st century, which was necessary. There's been a lot of, you know, the polka yoke design. So uh, things that would break don't break anymore because you're specifically designed not to break main problem with these time of put tools is the usb breaking something internally right mm-hmm. so now there's a there's a fail safe where even if it falls on its face nothing goes wrong i like to go into shops and when they say oh this is plastic throw it against the wall watch how it bounces off so it's very sturdy and resistant and then it has the tolerance for many protocols right and many speeds so even at 250,000 bauds or 500,000 bauds which are the different speeds and it can translate all of that. Now, one of the important things is what Tyler was just mentioning, some of the OEMs you would have to buy their specific translator box. Test, uh the link that he has in his hand, is RP-12 compliant. So that means if you wanna run Cummins Insight, you don't have to buy another box, you can run it through Jail test. Within the software, there's an OEM option and you can run different OEM options with the same connectors and the same box. So let's say you're a shop that's heavy on Cummins, you have aftermarket for everything else, that's your Jail test, and then for everything Cummins, you're running uh, Insight. You can still do it on the same box so it saves you a lot on hardware and having multiple connectors and pcs like we like to say we went to kindergarten so we play fair with other softwares you don't have to have a specific pc for gel test
0: so one of the other things too is let's talk about the licensing a little bit you have a specific truck license you have a equipment uh, license you have an agriculture license and you have you have the marine stuff as well And I believe you have a new module coming out as well. Can you talk a little bit about what's uh, what's coming down the pipeline here?
1: Definitely. So one of the things that we've been noticing um, off-highway, sometimes it's mixed. We like to separate it because we see that there's a lot of overlap between truck and construction, but not so much with ag, right? So then we don't want to overload people and make things more expensive if they don't need them, right? One of the things that we see a lot in the off-highway industry is that they have forklifts, or they have scissor lifts, or they have these type of things that up to now, we would be able to work on the diesel part of it, but not so much on the on the methane or the, the propane ones, not so much or not at all on the electric ones. So we built a team um, that's the same size of our off-highway team, and we've dedicated resources for these material handling equipment. Now, what are these things? We're talking about the Toyota forklifts that you can find in any warehouse, Pretty much any warehouse around the U.S. has a Toyota forklift. When you're going to airports, all these forklifts or things for loading containers, all that's going to be there. Um, scissor lifts, your your booms, and these small genies or JLGs, that's all covered with our material handling equipment. So what we're trying to do is make it another add-on. It's it's not going to be numeric, right? So if you bundle, there's huge discounts because we understand that it's a solution and you're already putting into it but the advantage is is that if you have trucks and you have forklifts you can work on them all together with the same tool if you have tractors and you have forklifts to load whatever you need to do you can also bundle that together and I think we're targeting an area that pretty much everybody forgot about these smaller electric things and I think it's going to be a big advantage when we start moving forward to electrification having all this experience and all this knowledge on it
0: Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. I can tell you our sales team, we have a Slack channel where all guys are casting questions to each other. At least once a week, one of our salespeople says, do we have coverage for Toyota forklifts? Do we have coverage for electric forklifts? And we're always like, no, 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 we don't. So I guess the big question is, is when do you think we'll start seeing that software and have it available to the general market?
1: So the way that we're going to do it is uh, try to test it out as we go now. So right now we have sufficient for it to be good. So it's going to come out in 21.2. So, you know, we have three updates per year. This one's going to be on July 1st for the North American market. And everybody that has off highway or ag is going to have it automatically included, right? So it's going to be free of charge until the, the March version in 2021. With that, we already have sufficient coverage that is in the validation part. So making sure that everything works. So there's gonna be a big leap in November and there's gonna be a gigantic leap in March next year. And that moment is when people are going to have to decide the ones that already have it if they wish to renew it or the ones that don't if they want to add it on. So if you just want to buy material handling equipment, it's going to be a standalone. It's going to be pretty cheap so that you can work on these machines and not have to get the dealer on. But it's going to be a solid independent product by March next year with already the possibility to start working with it now.
0: Well, you're spoiling people. You're pulling a page. I feel like you're still a page of the diesel laptop book. Let's just give stuff away for free here for a while and get them hooked on it. So, I,
1: hey, I, when things work, we gotta follow, right? I, I
0: love, I love the strategy. Um, I, I can tell you, I, I know a lot of people are gonna be interested in it. So it, it's great. You guys are really creating a differentiator there and serving a market need. And I think it goes back to what you guys have been doing for 30 years. There's a problem. Let's not just accept it. Let's try to find a solution to fix the problem. So it's really, it's really cool to see that uh, happening with you guys still today, 30 years later. And then you have another product that you mentioned as well uh, to do more with the the military side of things. Can you like how how did that come to be, and, and what's the what's the plan there? Like it, it's, I can tell as a seller, it's tough to sell to federal government and, and military, Extremely right? Like, so I I'm excited to learn more about this. So what can you tell us?
1: so this was i would call this my baby right obviously it's not just me the whole company has worked behind this and we have a great team of people developing it but this started all from what you were saying a huge frustration you know sales don't like hearing no so when i started trying to sell to big government contracts or military contracts there was always a set of limitations and i would always say okay what do i need to do nobody would answer nobody would give me guidance. All the answers would be uh, hire a retired general and have him lobby for you in Washington. I was like, yeah, good luck with my budget. Um, So I started asking around and we started figuring things out. And then we started working with distributors that are specialized in the military field. And the thing is that there's a lot of specs that you need to fill out. Right now, there's one of the companies that, that is in our space has been Uh, occupying most of the military solution. I think the only one that has a specific kit would be a snap-on military kit, but it doesn't really do as much as the, the military teams want. So when I got access to the mechanics and they let me go on base, I started listening to them I started saying, can I hook up to this? Can I look into this scenario? Can I, what is it that you need? And we started developing a tool. So we finally, after two and a half years and probably 25 iterations, we're going to be launching Delta's military. Delta's military has a lot of characteristics first of all that we are capable of developing military only software so there are some companies that can't do things that are only military that they have to be civil you know there's restrictions on that and we're capable of doing it because you know it's a NATO country and we have access to certain things so things like the Humvee right Humvee has a specific transmission cable and specific coverage on an ECM well we can cover that Uh, we have Oshkosh vehicles that are exclusive um, things that are coming on the pipeline so So JLTV is going to change the game for the military industry. That's our next focus on it. Um, Big trucks. And the advantage is that most of the things that we can work on on the on-road and off-road, they're pretty much the same as on the military. So having that ability that we talked about at the beginning, that we're, I don't think we're a diagnostics company exclusively anymore, but an electronic development country company. It allows us to shift, adapt, and learn from these modifications. So there's different variants or different restrictions, but all in all, we can adapt. Um, Other cool things is that we've been able to develop a purely offline product because it was one of the requirements. And we've gotten certain approvals because, you know, Cyber Command, they like to keep things uh, tight and under control. So we've been working with them and and there's a lot of goodies in there that that only that industry understands the value and the hurdles of suppliers being able to provide that. So I'm really excited about that and you should be seeing things coming up in the next few months with
0: Yeah, that's a whole other world. I mean, when we've talked to the military, it's been like, well, we can't have internet, and we're like, well, how are we going to support you, and how are you going to get updates, and how how are we going to how are we going to do this if you don't have internet access to those things, and then you're you know like oh, and we have to buy you know just the way they buy things through their channels and contracts and you know then there's backdoorways it's it's a whole another world out there that we've always kind of looked at it we've been lucky to sell it to, uh, some tools to a couple of bases randomly i don't know how the they backdoor bought some tools from us and everything but um, it's it's a big opportunity out there both for diesel laptops Kajali, other people that are involved in that world so we're we're really excited about that and then kind of the other product thing i want to talk about is i, I noticed on the on the tool itself it says diagnostics and telematics right <laughs> so we haven't talked about telematics at all And I think, you know, when I think telematics, I think, oh, well, there's all these ELDs in trucks. There's telematics going on already. You know, what's what's Kajali's stance on telematics? And and what are you guys doing today? And where are you guys going with the telematics space?
1: So I think our stance is going to be the well, I don't think it is what it is right now. Right. Our stance is pretty much the same as we approach everything. Right. We're integrators for the aftermarket. The aftermarket always gets abandoned and it gets laid aside. Uh, I like to say OEMs don't know how to play together, right? They're never going to collaborate. They work with three or four companies, but an integrator. So when you see telematics solutions nowadays, you see maybe uh, Peterbilt or Paccar. They work together, same company. But if you have an Allison transmission, it's not on the same telematics system. And each one has its own. So you would have to have same scenario as with diagnostics equipment, five, six, seven different telematics platforms where you go in or you'd be able to hire one of the ones that are currently out the market, right? Uh, People's Net or Omnitracks, which what they do is they manage the, the simplistics part of it, the GPS, uh, your, your basic data on how it's operating. Now, the question is, where's our added value on it? So we always look at it, what's our superpower and how can we make the technician, or in this case, the fleet, more powerful, make them the hero of the story, right? You were talking with Leia about that not so long ago, and that's how we always look at it. We're part of the force that drives it, but the solution has to make them more powerful, right? Um, So we decided that, diagnostics is our superpower so we integrated uh, the all makes integration with diagnostics and with telematics so this allows us to have remote diagnostics so with one tool that you integrated in it you can run diagnostics on all the systems so not just look at your engine system but you're also looking at your brakes transmission so you pretty much have a mini Dell test inside each one of your trucks and it's giving you gps location geotracking information and then there's a set of parameters that you can use just like normal telematics pr- solutions where you're doing driver behavior, where you're looking at speed, where you're looking at consumption. And the best thing about it is that we've also become a project company. So let's say that you're um, you're a reefer company and you have 1000 trailers and you have your your reefer that is divided into three. Right. So the back end is going to be freezer. The middle is going to be cold, the cold part, and then it's going to be the less colder part. right? Well, each time one of those doors open, we can integrate that through the can channels and give you an alert. We can measure all the different temperatures. We can even coordinate camera systems. So everything that goes onto the can lines can be integrated into our telematics solution. And where it gets a little bit more powerful, and that's been the, the hurdle and why it's taken us a little bit longer here in the US is that, oh, Turns out that now we need ELDs. So, why are you going to put an ELD system, a telematics system, and then have your diagnostic system? Why don't we put that all together and integrate ELD with your telematics? And why don't we do one thing? You know, the biggest reason why you have road calls is because the truck hasn't regen and it's on the side of the road on lip mode. So, it only goes five miles an hour. How about if we integrate a remote option where we can run a region 200 miles away? With the driver telling us that it's in a safe scenario and run that region and now have to call somebody to go out there and do it for us save us i don't know we're talking about three four hundred five hundred dollars for that operation and we're saving so much time for the fleet so that's our take on it. We're trying to integrate all of this, start to get the information, and then it's gonna take a quantum leap when we're capable of processing that and turn it into business analytics. What's all that data telling you about your fleet? What's the load telling you? What's your driver behavior telling you about rotation? What parts are breaking the most? Integrate all that information on a meta scale. It's gonna be, be incredible. I mean, that's for me, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, I can totally see where you guys are going with the entire thing. And one of the points you touched on there either, you mentioned Omnitrax and some of those guys, and there's Geotab out there that have, have these devices in cabs already. Um, and I'm sure you've seen it because I, I know we've seen it. And those codes, first of all, I can tell the audience straight up, if you have a Geotab or any of these guys out there, and you're like, oh, I get all my fault codes, you are not getting all your fault codes. They're, they're not reading right. UDS. They're, they don't know how to read WWH-OBD. They're, they have a whole bunch of issues, and it's not their focus, right? They're trying to do other things, not diagnostics. Um, and they don't know how to translate things properly either. So if you have a ELD hooked up to, say, a Volvo engine with an OBD2 port, it's probably giving you SPNs and FMIs. Well, they don't use those. They use P codes and there's no translation table. So that data doesn't help you. And then the other point I want to touch on as well is you talked about getting all this data. And I think the way I view the industry is, okay, now we're getting, first we had no, no data coming off vehicles at all while they're driving around. Now we're starting to get a lot of data off vehicles. There's different solutions. There's different things out there. And we're starting to present this to users. And I think the next evolution is what you alluded to, is you got to give the right information to the users and not overwhelm them with everything that they're seeing in those views because too much information is the equivalent of not enough information. In my mind, um, I know my dad's a perfect example. He he bought some new trucks. He gets the alerts. Um, he goes, every day, Tyler, I get an alert about low coolant level in one of my trucks. I don't even bother looking at the alerts anymore because it's the same thing every day, and there is no low coolant level. So, you know, it, it's important not only to, to be able to get that data, but to, to get the relevant data and, and manage the whole process appropriately. Um, and then you're talking about telematics. What about off-highway equipment? Are you guys going to go the same direction with the off-highway equipment in the telematics space?
1: So we're already going there, right? So that's, uh, that's going to be even bigger, right, because we talk about – we're always us focused right but when we look at the rest of the world we're present in 115 countries um if you have a generator on an oil field in saudi arabia uh getting a guy out to that generator might take you two days and he's going to be able to go out there look at it he's going to have to try to run diagnostics then go back fetch the part he has no idea what's going on on it so it takes you maybe a week to get that back on the road with this thing even if you're on uh let's say uh one of these uh, mining offshore mining sites and you have these generators to go on you can have that controlled 24 hours a day so before you send anybody out there You can even launch a region and do your DPF reset, or why not um, figure out what the code is, go to your manual diagnostics options and send them with the five possible parts that he's gonna need. So you can run diagnostics from your headquarters with all your qualified personnel. So that reduces the amount of time of getting out there. Second of all, the amount of time of guesswork and you can have a clear game plan on it. And at the end of the day, these things, they're going out in helicopters when we're talking about the big mining operations, big uh, offshore. These are helicopters, these are thousands and thousands thousands of dollars an hour but even when we're talking about the farm that is 200 miles away from their local dealer that's going to be a solution for them where you can have a central um fleet manager that can do those things for you so all that stuff is going to be very relevant and it's going to change the way that we maintain vehicles and how we can keep the uptime on it which is i think it's going to be really important
0: I think you are 100% correct. I've been saying it for a couple of years now. Look, and you go back to the commercial truck space. The way it works today is drivers driving a truck, it has a problem, goes into a shop, they diagnose it, they order a part, they fix the truck. That's essentially the order things go through today. And that order is going to totally change once you're getting data off of vehicles and people are like, oh, I have this fault code. I know I need this part. I know where my truck's going to be. And it, it just changed the whole dynamics of everything and how things work. And that's a big underlying shift for people that have traditional businesses doing repair work and selling parts is all of a sudden, they don't need you initially anymore. They can almost bypass you in some cases. And that's going to be a big shift. And talking about big shifts, the other one I always have to ask every guest that comes on here now, because it's in the news all the time, electrification. We're diesel laptops. We're selling diesel diagnostic tools. You guys are selling diesel, making diesel diagnostic tools and solutions. Where, where do you guys view this whole thing with electrification? You're, you have a company in Europe who is, I've always just assumed Europe's ahead of us in all these things, but how do you, how do you view this and how does Kajali view this and, and where's the industry going in your opinion?
1: Well, I think we still have some time to figure it out, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of change and the industry that we work in and live in and breathe in is uh, it's a dinosaur, right? So it takes very long time to adapt and to adjust. Um, Luckily, in the last few years, I've seen a lot faster adjustment and shift toward technology, so it's it's a great thing. But I think we're gonna be able to provide kind of the same thing. It's gonna be an integrator of problems that they have and that the OEM is not contemplating because even when you have electrification, nobody's gonna go just to one supplier. So being able to engage all of those together, that's gonna be a big thing. And I'm gonna backtrack to what we were talking about before with with the fleets and with the remote diagnostics and telematics. So when you're looking at this, one of the advantages is precisely that downtime that we're gonna minimize. Let's say that you have a fleet that's transnational and you're working with a set of shops call it fleet party, call it rush or wheel time, right? When you get the alert, you already know the probability that something's going to break, and you can tell them you have to stop right now, or you can finish your drive and then stop at one of our partner locations. You send those codes to that partner location. They're already asking for the parts. They have the part waiting for you. They have a time slot. So it's like when you go to the barbershop, and you already have an appointment. The guy's waiting for you in the chair. He has everything ready to go, and you go in. He changes what he needs to change, and you go out. You've been there one hour versus two weeks, and that's going to change the industry. So that's still going to happen with electrification. trucks are still going to be all parts of the world uh tesla or whoever is going to be the name that's going to be running that is not going to be powerful enough to have a heavy duty shop in each one of the places where it's necessary so we're still going to have to go to the aftermarket and the aftermarket is still going to be abandoned in some way and they're still going to be trying to get taken over by the dealer and say no we're not going to give you this business and they're going to need someone to fight for them and to give them options and to help them build that business so call it diesel call it electric we, I think we're in the industry of empowering our customers, finding solutions so that they can build their community and support their families and continue to work on. And the more competition that we have and the more people that are capable of fixing a truck, the better it is for everybody because the market's going to define what it's worth and everybody's going to have more solutions and be able to work and develop themselves. So I think it's a great thing and we've always been like that for a society, so I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of change. It's just going to be from potato to potato, right? Change the name changes this little technology but we're doing the same thing
0: i 100 percent agree with everything you just said and then you look at autonomous trucks coming as well these repair shops need to get good at electronics they need to get good at, at diagnosing it's just a different a different thing that you have to do now the world's changing much more rapidly than it has been in the past and that's just the the facts of the matter of of where we're at today in our in our industry so it's definitely interesting it's exciting times um, I think you said it right too. You know, you look at today; electric trucks have maybe like 0.001% market share. It's still all diesel being sold. They're going to be around for the next 10, 15 years. Um, it shouldn't be shouldn't be a huge thing for us to to really try to adapt and overcome to. But if you run a repair shop, you sell parts, you need to start worrying about all these things and start putting a plan of action together to deal with them. And it starts with having great diagnostic tools, the right training, access to resources. You need to have those things if you're listening to this and you run and manage trucks or a repair shop. It's just inevitable. So, you know, I, I think we talked about a lot of stuff here today, Bruno. I guess you know I learned today about the material handling. You got a new module coming out for that. I'm excited about electrification's coming. We all know that. We got the jaw test military that's coming out. Did I leave anything out? I, I don't. I don't think I did. But I want to make sure. I did, did I did. I skip anything here?
1: Oh well, there's there's one more thing that we're, it's 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 not a new product, but it's a changing the platform. So um, we're working on it's something that I think we kind we kind of compete on, but we kind of work together with, and it's going to be our information module, right? So right now the mm-hmm. only way of accessing our information module is through our software and through our VCI links. But we've seen that there's a demand for saying, oh, I have a problem now. Can I get it now? And not when somebody's working in anywhere and it's a nine to five and i have to call in and they have to activate it and send me a hardware so we've opted to turn that into its own beast right there's companies out there that have been doing this for a lot of years and as you know yourself there's a lot of room for improvement and i think we improve a lot of their features uh there's a lot of space to to give them a better price and a better customer experience. So our online module is gonna be literally online where you are capable of paying for it and five minutes later having diagnostics, having troubleshooting trees, having all these, well, sorry, not diagnostics, having um, all the technical info. So your specs, your repair times, your wiring diagrams, all that's gonna be at the tip of your hand, be it two o'clock in the morning or be it three o'clock on a Monday. So that's going to be also an interesting approach to to the industry for us.
0: Hey, that's great to hear. I you know obviously we do compete there a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's giving options to customers in the aftermarket spot, and that's that's really what we're trying to do. Um, and I I fully agree. There's been some there's two companies out there that have been doing it forever. In my mind, in your mind as well, a lot better ways to do this whole thing. So I'm excited right. to see where the industry rolls to. So Bruno, with all that said, if people want to learn more about Kajali or they want to reach out to you, what's the what's the best way to do that?
1: So you can always uh go to our website kajaliusa.com, so c O J A L I USA dot com. We're constantly updating the information there. There's a lot of new training material. So we do webinars constantly. There's video logs, there's case studies. You can follow us on Facebook. We're promoting that a lot. You know, Tyler has said that people should advertise more on Facebook and it's surprising why they don't do that. So we've been doing that more and more. um, And there's a lot of information there. I think one of the biggest advantages is that we, we like to, I think, and we overlap here with these laptops is we like to educate on industry values and then and that links into what we do. So you're going to get high quality content that relates to, but it's not just, oh, look how great we are. Look how great Jaltest is. No, it's how can we help you fix this process? And this is the information that you need. So take a look at that and reach out to us whenever you want. Um, Customer support at Jaltest.com and we'll be more than happy to help run a demo with you and go over anything that you need.
0: Well, and I'd be remiss to say too, congratulations on being a father. I know you got a young one at home and hear everything recently. So, how are, just I gotta ask before we sign up, how are, how are things going? Well, it's been uh, 22 very intense days.
1: Uh, and William, your your national council manager, he, he always messes with me. He's like, so no more time for yoga, right? Uh, no more morning swims <laughs> in the beach. I'm like, yeah, right now, all that stuff has gone away. And I'm a pro at changing diapers and swaddling. So, but yeah, it's, I mean... It's fantastic. Everyone that's a father says it and now I, I guess I have to believe it. Well, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, sh-
0: I'm sure everybody tells you this, but enjoy the moments while they're small, because you're gonna you're gonna look back. I know I look back already. My kids are eight and ten. I'm like, I remember you guys were uh. small and small and cute <laughs> and smelled good. Now you're now you don't smell so good anymore. Go take a bath. So but yep. with with all that said, Bruno, I really appreciate you coming on, talking to us a little bit about everything going on with Kajali. It's always a pleasure. And so with that, we're gonna call it an episode. And remember, it's not just diagnostics, it's diagnostics done right. And that starts with Jaw Test. Thank you for watching and listening.